Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The One Piece is real. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, March 6, 2023. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adelia Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. the Grande Ice Coffee Boy himself. Oh, Trenta, baby. Oh, sorry, the Trenta Ice Coffee. I can't tell the, I can't tell the size. It's just from visualization. Oh, yeah. I need yeah, the actual... It's like, 30 fluid it. ounces, baby. Oh, shit. Do you, do you drink that whole thing? Oh, yeah. And you fill it with water and you, water and you drink it again? Yeah. You're a crazy boy. You're a yeah. crazy guy. Crazy Tim boy, Gettys. Crazy world, everybody. How's it going? How you doing? Real good. What a weekend this has been. Yeah? Oh, yeah. What'd you do so this weekend? Fun. Well, watch Last of Us, which was mm-hmm. always, a, always a blast. Of course, you can check out our um, latest episode breakdown. We had Troy Baker on, which is pretty damn cool. Fantastic episode. Ton of fun behind the scenes stuff. So definitely check that out. Um, but otherwise, played so many video games this weekend. Oh. Played, watched so many shows this weekend. I went outside a couple times. That Whoa. was fine, whatever. But, oh, man, what what a time to be alive. It's, Hell, yeah. It's just, things are just good out you there. You know what else happened this weekend, Tim? What, Barrett? Bless got a fucking fresh-ass Oh, cut. yeah. Can oh, we just, yeah. for a second, yeah, if you're an audio listener, get over here on the video oh, side. Y'all need up? to see this shit. Oh, man. It's the, good. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's what I did this weekend. I took two days off. I took Thursday and Friday off uh, just because it's been super busy, right? Like, I did the PSVR 2 review. I did a long review. Greg was out for a week there. And so, like, I started falling behind on, like, free time shit. And so I was like, you know what? I need to take two days. I need to finally get a haircut because I've been putting that off forever. I need to go to the eye doctor. I also need to rest and I also need to run a bunch of errands. So I did all that. And I was like, you know what? You know, no video games. I'm going to take a break. Let me just keep myself from burning out. And then you know what I did? Play some video games. <laughs> I played a fuck ton of Metroid Prime. Fuck yes, you did. I played. We got him, boys. I we got him. So much fucking Metroid Prime. It's funny because I legitimately was like, I'm not touching video games for the next four days. You know, I just need a refresh. I need a palate How cleanser. How long did you hold out? Two hours. <laughs> I lasted a few hours on Thursday before I was like. Oh, uh, you know what? I kind of want to do. I kind of want to go back to Metroid Prime, and so I started playing it. And let me tell you, this video game is really good. It's real good. It's a really good video game. Yo, Metroid Prime game. <laughs> I know it's kind of funny games daily. I know there's yeah. so much news you have to talk about. Although another slow day. Yeah. Like, I mean, there is a Metroid stories, story. Big stories, yeah. but uh, I, I need to know. Of course. Where? What are your thoughts on Metroid Prime? How far are you? And and what are your thoughts? Okay, so I how would I even describe where I'm at? I've gone through like the phase on mines. Okay. Um. I feel like I must be really far. Um, the last ability, uh, one of the latest abilities I got is like to move through water at a, like a decent pace. Yeah. If that paints a picture, mm-hmm. um, I played like over ten hours because I'd be getting lost in that game. Oh yeah, which I know is the whole point of the game. But yeah, like I've been enjoying it a lot. It's funny, and I know this is probably somewhat of a hot take, right? And it's just a personal taste thing. Metroidvanias aren't my jam. I don't really, I don't really flock to Metroidvanias. When I see Metroidvania on a box of a game, I'm like. All right, cool. You know, I played through plenty and I've like enjoyed them fine, right? Like I really like Ori, I really like Guacamelee, right? I really enjoyed Metroid Dread, but that's more so just for the mechanics and for I like the platforming of those games and just playing those games. I Metroidvanias, the idea of getting lost and getting to a, a place and being like, "All right, I probably need another ability" and then going and then unlocking the ability and being like, "I don't know where to go now." I just hate that feeling of being lost all the time. Metroid Prime 
for me, I think fixes a lot of that just because they have just a good, they have a good system where you get a new ability about 10, 20 minutes in, you'll get a ping on your map. It's like, hey, there's this weird thing going on here. You might want to check here. And it's made that feeling of getting lost and really trying to explore and figure shit out a lot more manageable to me. But honestly, the thing that has really taken this game above and beyond for me has just been all of the aesthetic stuff going on. The soundtrack, the sounds, the it just it sounds so Here's unique. The word. You gotta say the word. Which, which when, word? If you're talking about Metroid Prime, mm -hmm. we gotta talk about atmosphere. Oh yeah, that's the yeah, that's the exact word I'm looking for, right? Is the atmosphere. The atmosphere is so good. The design room to room of the encounters you're getting in and how the encounters will change after you get an ability. So you come back to the same room and all of a sudden, oh shit, these guys are here. I wasn't expecting these guys. The notes that are left around that scanning. Yeah, all the scanning, like shit that I honestly for a lot of games wouldn't care about because when I, I I'm not a big reading the emails in a video game sort of person. I don't mm -hmm. like to stop to reach it. I prefer um like voice recordings and that sort of thing. I am stopping to read everything going on because in Metroid Prime, I find it also fascinating. I'm enjoying reading all the the notes from what, what went down with the Chozo and then also what's going on with the space pirates and seeing the space pirates kind of react. Oh, shit. She's here. <laughs> like, Samus is here. Like, <laughs> we got to deal with this shit. That shit is so cool. And then the game is just so smartly designed. Like, here's the thing. I love this, dude. Here, I'm so no, happy here, for you. Like, the again, Metroidvanias for me are so hit and miss in terms of, like, I get what a Metroidvania is. I feel like to some extent, once you played one Metroidvania, you kind of played a lot of them. I am so enthralled with the abilities that they give you and the ways in which, like, the um, speed ability when you go into your ball mode, for example, where you can use that to then um, get up of, like, the half pipe structures. Mm -hmm. I did. I never noticed the half pipe structures until that became a thing, and I was that like, "Yeah." And I was like, design, Fuck, dude, "How smart is that?" I would not have like guessed that that would have been a mechanic, you know. Like, and there are plenty of moments like that. I think they parse that stuff out super well. They give you different abilities at a decent pace. And at first, I was I wasn't feeling the controls all the way right. Like switching between weapons, switching between visor modes. Yeah. A lot of it was cumbersome. I'm at the point now where it, it is second nature. Where I'm just going back and forth between weapons, going back, and I'm understanding that I just need to scan everything. Like as long as you scan everything, you'll be fine. Yep. Like you'll figure out what puzzle or what thing you need to solve. I've just been in, in, uh, enjoying it so much. And also, there are parts of that game that are hard as fuck. Like there's a sec section, uh, I believe, in the phase on mines that is that goes for a while without you finding a save point. And I died maybe three or four times, and I was like. All right, let's fucking lock in. Let's do this. And it came down to the wire yeah. of it was, it was a section where I had to turn into a ball and navigate like this um, electricity maze and not get hit. And I had like two hits on me before I was getting knocked out. And I knew for a fact that all I needed to do was get through this maze before I can get before I, I hit the next save point. And I was sweating, Tim. I was yeah, sweating, but it was dude. fantastic. And I made it through. it. That, that's that old school game design where getting to a save point is the most important. Yep. It's life and death, man. Like it reminds me of back in the day. Uh, when you're playing Game Boy and you know the battery's going out, you see the game starting to fade just a little bit. You're like, oh, dude, it's no. so stressful. And you know, like the game doesn't give a fuck about your feelings either. Oh, no, <laughs> like that's dude, the thing no. is, like the games aren't really designed for like auto saving and all this stuff to to really account for when you lose and don't want to lose that much progress. And so I'm like, at any point, I'm like, dude, I might lose. 20 minutes of progress and it's gonna be heartbreaking it's a bless i'm i'm so so damn excited for you that you're mm. experiencing this uh you're, it sounds like you're pretty damn far like yeah i imagine yeah, you're planning to beat this game yeah oh right? yeah um i think you might need to do it in the next three days why so oh because on march fusion? 9th metroid fusion's coming out and now here's the thing i'm gonna mm -hmm. sell you on fusion all right you can beat that game in five hours Okay, I like hearing that. I it's like it's hearing a five-hour game. It is it is such a different era uh, of video game. But 
I think it'd be really cool for you to play Metroid Prime and then Fusion back-to-back because those games came out on the same day Mm. originally, and we played them together. Like, I remember playing through both games at the same time, and it was you could actually link them. You could unlock the Fusion suit in Prime if you use the GBA transfer cable thing to the the GameCube, but um, this game is incredible. It's a little bit more linear and action-based mm-hmm. than um, some of the other Metroid games, and you're definitely not going to get lost in this one. Like, okay. it, it is I mean, a, I'm fine for that. A yeah. very just one-to-one experience, and it is, it's very fucking awesome, man. Like, I, Fusion is a very, not the best Metroid game, but a very, very special one that I think is a lot of people's, if not favorite, it's it's in the conversation. Oh, yeah. I think I've reached the point, and I'm sure this isn't a shock, but I, Metroid, uh, Metroid Prime is probably the best Metroidvania I've ever played. I think I can say that confidently at, at, at this point. Um, yeah, no, I'm down to try out Fusion if if I'm if I'm getting more of that goodness out of that. I know it's different, but I did like Metroid Dread as well. So yeah, I think yeah. you're gonna like Fusion a lot. But anyways, hell yeah, enough about that. Enough about that. Let's talk about today's stories, which include a new Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi game has been announced. Let's fucking go. Uh, Metroid <laughs> Prime is killing it in sales and more because this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com/slash kind of funny games and Twitch.tv/slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news and to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel do you part of the show at kind of funny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content housekeeping for you our review and breakdown of the last of us hbo's latest episode is up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny and you want to check that out because of course that episode features the one the only original uh joel from the game troy baker uh let me tell you he breaks it down in that episode man i love talking to him because he can make anything 10 times more interesting and Mm -hmm. he just has a way of storytelling even when we're not telling stories oh yeah it's just an art Hell yeah, yeah. Go check out that. Well, go watch the the last Switch HBO episode and then watch the episode of uh, Screencast because, uh, yeah, it is worth the dollar for sure. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Tripod Plus Plus. Is that correct? It is correct. Tripod Plus mm-hmm. Plus and then Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Shady Rays and Honey, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever will be. Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. A new Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi has been revealed. This is Wesley LeBlanc at Game Informer. And Tim, let me tell you, I was driving home uh, yesterday from hanging out with a friend. I get home and I open up Twitter and I see in my notifications just a... It's the tag. It's at Blessing Jr., right? And it was Alex Van Aken. Just my name, nothing else. He was tagging me under a tweet. And I knew for a fact, Alex Van Aken knows me very well, right? I know for a fact, if he's tagging me in something, it has to be something that is monumental. It has to be something that means a lot to me. And I scrolled up to see what the tweet he was tagging me under was. And I could never expect anything as hype as this for my own personal taste. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi. Again, I am reading directly from Wesley LeBlanc at Game Informer. Bandai Namco has revealed a new Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi game. 
Yesterday, the publisher released a short teaser trailer for the game, running less than a minute, that highlights footage from previous Budokai Tenkaichi games before showcasing what appears to be the new one. In the footage of the new game, we see Goku power, uh, powering up. And then the words, quote, get ready for battle and, quote, a new sparking begins, uh, uh, appears on Bro, screen. Bro, I just got chills looking at this and I don't care about Dragon Ball. Let's that was awesome. Go. Now, this is, go, I had not watched Dragon Ball Super, but I believe this is Goku transforming into Super Saiyan God because he has the blue hair. Uh, and for reference, Dragon Ball Budokai Tenkaichi, I believe, was called sparking in Japan. So that's where the sparking thing comes, comes from. The trailer ends with a new Budokai Tenkaichi Begins, quelling any doubt that this is a new game in the series that has laid dormant for 16 years. Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 3 was released in 2007. The teaser trailer doesn't indicate if this is Budokai Tenkaichi 4 or something else, but it's exciting nonetheless to see that Bandai Namco hasn't forgotten about the series. It is somewhat surprising to see this announcement, though, considering Dragon Ball Fighters exists. <laughs> Budokai Tenkaichi is a fighting game series as well, uh, uh, but to see a new one before a sequel to Fighters, which was released in 2018, is something I imagine not many people would have predicted. Tim, is this something that you would have predicted? Uh, absolutely not. I do know the, that people love the Budokai games, and they do very, very well. Um, but fighters kind of hit different, and I, I. But maybe just hit different because of the level of quality. Even if you aren't a Dragon Ball fan, like it's just a great fighting game as well. Um, I am saddened by the fact that I am not a Dragon Ball person, and it's simply because I didn't have access to Cartoon Network growing up. So mm -hmm. there was no way for me to watch it. Kevin was super into it. Alfredo was super into it. I remember he would, uh, there was a couple summers during high school where he would just straight up live at my house, and Al Alfredo would uh, rent games from Gamefly, and he would always uh, get every Budokai game and like play through it uh, in, in my living room, and I'd watch it, and he fucking loved it so much. And I was like, this looks dope as shit. There's something about... The aesthetic that they just nailed like the cell shaded look that so many games were going for started in the ps1 era we got like simpsons wrestling and things like that but mm. during the simpsons wrestling i love that as the example exactly but then like <laughs> auto, jet set auto, and, radio. Well, yeah, and jet set <laughs> as well yeah, yeah and that type of thing uh i'd say those are even more stylized though like yeah whereas uh some of these are more like trying to look like a cartoon and emulate something that, that previously existed mm -hmm. and then the budokai games always was like there was a sense of uh, momentum of them flying around in the punches, like blasting you miles and miles and miles that I never thought could be captured in a video game. And I remember just being wowed by it, not knowing what the hell was going on. But this must mean everything to you being somebody that actually oh, yeah. loves these things. So like Budokai, when you talk about the cell shading, Budokai 3 for me is the one where if you pick up Budokai 3 today, that game still looks great. And I think that's because they got the art style uh, so great. Um, yeah, the Budokai, the Budokai games to me meant a lot. I, I came in with Budokai 1. I remember vividly going over to my cousin's house, him owning Budokai 1, us playing through the story mode. And we, would, we did all the missions, right? And, like, the Budokai uh, campaign for the first game was so notoriously hard where one of the first missions you're doing, you're playing at uh, – you're doing, like, the – uh, was it Raditz? I think, yeah, you're fighting Raditz and you're doing like the Goku versus uh, Goku and Piccolo versus Raditz thing where you're playing as Goku. You have Raditz in your arms and you're trying to like line him up for Piccolo to do his special beam cannon. I sound like a fucking nerd, but you're him doing it. his blast to then take both, both you of you out. You don't sound like one. You are one. I know. I am a nerd. And you have to rotate the aim lock stick back and forth to like kind of center him up. And that was it, it was so difficult. And it was one of the first things you do in you do in the game. So that is like burned into my memory. But yeah, I played Budokai one at his place, ended up getting that game, ended up becoming obsessed with it. And I'll say that Budokai the Budokai series is responsible for me being into fighting games. Right? Like before that, it That's was awesome. before that it was Smash Brothers, but like Smash Brothers was very much a platform fighter, right? Like it wasn't 
traditional in the way that Dragon Ball Z Budokai was more of a traditional fighting game. Um, but yeah, played the hell out of that. I remember renting Budokai 2 and playing the hell out of that game. And that game had a really cool like tabletop story mode campaign mode that separated it um, out from Budokai 1 for me. And then Budokai 3 was the one that I think a lot of people see as special because the gameplay really hit with Budokai 3 and then also... The character roster was expanded. It included GT characters, and uh, it felt more like a full-fledged, oh, shit, this is modern Dragon Ball. Um, but then the transition to Tenkaichi. So, so let me stop you there. What up? I got questions. Yeah, what up? What is Tenkaichi? So Tenkaichi was sort of the next step slash spinoff of the Budokai series, where Budokai is traditional 2D fighter in like a 3D space, of course, right? But you are like, like Tekken in, in air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Tekken, except, yeah, you're flying in air and all that stuff, right? Think of like Soul Calibur and stuff like that. It's a traditional fighting game where you're on the same plane as like your opponent and you're fighting. Tenkaichi basically shifted it into a 3D arena fighter to where now you are, the camera is shifted behind the back of the character that you're playing as and you have a big arena that you're flying around. And that shit blew my mind at the time. I, I hadn't seen an arena fighter before that and I would go as far as to say that Tenkaichi, and this might be a kind of funny.com slash so you're wrong thing. I think Tenkaichi really like made that a thing for anime fighters like everybody started doing that you got naruto ultimate ultimate ninja storm after that my hero one's justice for my hero academia jump force all that stuff i think all of those are like the children of tenkaichi mm -hmm. again correct me if i'm wrong tenkaichi shifted into an arena fighter and i think for a lot of people it can be hit or miss depending on what you really want out of the out of the series but I really enjoyed it um for me playing it back in the day it felt like legitimately i was playing in an anime where i'm turning into Super Saiyan mid-fight and, like, flying around and I have to aim my Kamehameha at my opponent and, like, make sure I don't miss them and all that stuff. And by the time you get to Tenkaichi 3, that shit just amped up. You had one of the biggest character rosters I remember ever experiencing in a fighting game like that, right? It's, like, 70-something characters, 80-something characters, something like that. And it was just fun as hell, right? Like, the story mode was fun. The um, They had, like, team fights where you can do, like, 5v5 fights and shit. I had a fucking blast with that game and i think that game for many people just strikes them as like a nostalgia oh man this is this is the peak of where dragon ball z fighting games are at right i would say it's probably budokai 3 and then tenkaichi 3 for a lot of people but then over the years you kind of lost that uh in that was the ps2 era and we uh, in the ps3 era you had dragon ball burst limit which is like that was another 2d fighter akin to um budokai and that was fine. You had Raging Blast 1 and 2. Those were more Tenkaichi-style games. But I think for the most part, those were kind of forgettable. And then you just got more and more that felt like they weren't moving the needle, including Dragon Ball Z Ultimate Tenkaichi, which was a Tenkaichi game that came out during the PS3 era that just fucking didn't... That, that, that was whack. That didn't give us what we wanted out of the series. It wasn't until Dragon Ball Fighters where it was like, oh, shit, all right, you guys are giving a Dragon Ball Z game to Arc System Works to really put their special touch they put they've made guilty gear they've made plenty of 2d anime style fighters that hit for both the art style and for the gameplay they took that applied it to dragon ball and the rest is history right like we look at that as the best dragon ball fighting game if not maybe one of the best fighting games like dragon ball fighters really took it above and beyond beyond which makes the place where this story picks up very interesting because they talk about the fact that yeah, this is kind of weird because Dragon Ball Fighters is there, right? Like, what is the purpose of making a Tenkaichi 4 or a Tenkaichi reboot when you could just make another Dragon Ball Fighters or when, like, you have Dragon Ball Fighters there doing, what, 10 mil or 8 million copies in sales as of 2021? Like, Dragon Ball Fighters is killing it. And I also think it's fascinating. But 
I think for me, this is purely a, hey, there's an audience out there that loved this growing up. If you looked on Twitter last night as they announced this, Twitter was blowing up about it. Oh, yeah. The fan base is going crazy about it. And it's just it's just a thing where it's been a long time. Them leading off that trailer, showing footage of the original Tenkaichi games and then leading into the footage of the new game. It looks like they're taking more from that original Tenkaichi trilogy than something like Ultimate Tenkaichi, which totally just felt like an entirely different thing. Um, and yeah, like it's something that I'm excited for. I think both of these things can coexist between Fighters and Tenkaichi, just because they're very different styles of games that I think are going to appeal to different audiences, interestingly enough, even though they're both Dragon Ball fighting games. You know what's, what's really cool about this? And I, I know you're already like hyped to the max. Yeah. But this reminds me of... A, a very similar marketing and rollout plan to a game I know me and you love very dearly, Sonic Mania. Mm. Where, hey, there's the classics that we love, that we're nostalgic about, that hold up in so many ways, that have some issues in others, whatever. Then there was a lot of bad games. They did Sonic 4, but that wasn't the real Sonic 4. We all fucking know. Same thing like what you're talking about with all the, the Raging Blaze or whatever. Raging Blast, yeah. All that stuff. Ultimate it's like, okay, this shit. is it, but it ain't it. They're just making games, but it, the, the magic's gone. What they did in that trailer, for me, they told me, look, all the OGs you love in that CRT TV, look how that could look now. Yep. It's the same and vibe. And added Super tone. Dragon Ball shit that, or Dragon Ball Super shit that is hot right now. People are loving that. You know, there is so much opportunity for good here that they could hit. I am worried just for the fact that arena fighting games aren't in their hottest place right now. Mm -hmm. Like, they've not really popped off since Tenkaichi. Like, I know there's the crowd out there that loves the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm games, but those are probably the, other, the only other ones like it was a my hero uh, no not my, my hero those a demon slayer arena fighter that came out about a year or so ago and like it was fine it was fine yeah not many of us talked Same about with it the my hero ones as well yeah they were fine. my hero was fine jump force came out fell flat again like the dragon well, ball yeah here's a question though this, with budokai like and i know that this is like a, a dumb question because of just time and how it all works but budokai even the, the best budokai games mm-hmm are they fine in the same way that you're talking about these other games are fine? Or is it just like, no, those are special. And if they manage to pull that off in 2023 or four, it could actually really hit in a, in a way that's more than fine or is fine the ceiling. I think I genuinely think that the Tenkaichi games, especially as you get to two and three were great games. I think they were great. They weren't like 10 out of 10 games. Like I, I think whenever you make a game in that genre uh, and like there are going to be parts of it where people are like, okay, whatever, it's fine. But like, Overall, I think those games are great. I think those games are really fun. And I think you can make a fun one of those in 2023. It's, it's just been a long time since we've gotten a fun one of those. Like, Chad, if you, if you have one that's come out recently, throw it at me. But, like, I'm not – I I've as somebody who's paid loose attention to anime games for a while now, I've not seen ones that have blown people, people skirt up. Like, even during the last Nintendo – was it Nintendo Director State of Play? They had that trailer for um, the Naruto Ultimate – collection thing and we we're watching and we we're like all right this looks cool this looks fine and nobody in chat was going crazy over it i think everybody was just like yeah it's another one of these um i think you can make a good one of those but it's just hard to have hope <laughs> it's just hard to be like yeah they're gonna nail it because how i how do you nail it in 2023 right like is that something that's gonna be hot in 2023 i guess that's my question plus my question for you what up? is simple street fighter six mm -hmm. tekken Eight. Mortal Kombat 12. Mm -hmm. Dragon Ball Budokai Tenkaichi 4. Absolutely, absolutely not. <laughs> you have to kill two of them. Only two get to live. How dare you do this? Right, I got to do, do this. it. Gotta I mean, put kill, you in the I, as much as this 
as this appeals to me as a fan and as a fucking nerd, I first to die would be Dragon Ball Z. Wow. <laughs> okay. Shit. Yeah. I didn't expect that. Just out of just out of pure like. I got to look out for the world <laughs> on this one. Okay. I got to look out for the world on this one, all right? I'm I'm taking the hit on Tenkaichi 4 so that the world can have the goodness of Mortal Kombat, Tekken, and Street Fighter. Killing an Okay, so narrowing it down to those three. <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> I, I think I'm... Oh, no. I might kill Street Fighter. I might kill Street what? Fighter. What? And like, and this is me as a fan of Tekken and, and Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I fucking love Tekken and Mortal Kombat. And Street Fighter, I'm more of a newer fan. Which I thought Fighter. this would be the one that you're like. I'm it probably will be. I mean, if you ask me this question a year from now, my answer might change. Um, yeah, I think I'll just kill Street Fighter. Damn, just because like I really want to do another good ass Tekken game. Like Tekken Seven was so fucking good, and Tekken Eight looks fantastic. It's gonna be current gen exclusive, which is gonna do a lot for it. And like. Tekken 7 came out, I mean, it came out technically in, like, 2017 in the U.S. or whatever, but it came out years before that in arcade and in Japan, and so it's been a while since we've gotten a, like, a ground-up Tekken. So there's so much room for a technological leap there that could be very satisfying for me to play. And Mortal Kombat is just Mortal Kombat. I, lo I love Mortal Kombat. Fuck. Actually, no, I might change my, I might change my answer in Mortal Kombat, because we've gotten a Mortal Kombat more recently. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And we can rock with Mortal Kombat 11 for a little bit longer. Yeah. I love you. I'm changing my answer to Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> well, there you Keeps go. What a time to be a fighting game fan. Yeah, what a time. I'm very excited about all of this. Um, I just hope it's good. I just hope whatever the next Tenkaichi thing is good. It's a, it's a tough hope to have, <laughs> but I fucking love that they announced it this way. I think so far we're off to the right. We're off to the to the right start. Mm -hmm. we're leading with the right foot. Yes. Story number two, Tim. Speaking of a right start, uh, Metroid Prime comes in at number two on the UK charts. Let's fucking go. A great start to sales for Metroid Prime. This is Christopher Dring at GamesIndustry.biz. Hogwarts Legacy narrowly holds on to the number one for a fourth consecutive week in the UK. The game retains the top spot in the physical retail charts despite a 30% drop in sales week on week. Its biggest challenger this week is Metroid Prime Remastered from Nintendo, which misses out on the number one by just 1,000 units. Holy shit. Yeah, that's, that's not that much. <laughs> that's really narrow. Metroid Prime Remastered was a surprise digital launch back in early February and has been available as a download for nearly a month. Even so, this is the fourth biggest physical Metroid game launch of all time, and sales of this boxed version are only 45% lower than what the original managed to do back in 2002. Wow! Yeah. Metroid Prime Remastered is the second biggest physical release of the year so far, ahead of the Dead Space remake and Fire Emblem Engage. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I guess that just shows where the industry is headed. Yeah. Digital, baby. Uh, Nintendo does not share digital sales, so we'll, know, we'll not know for sure how successful the game has been in the UK, but it appears that the surprise launch strategy has been effective. Also new this week is Wulong Fallen Dynasty from Koei Tecmo, which debuts at number eight. 96% uh, of physical retail sales were on PlayStation platforms, although box sales of the game are low. We'll have a better idea of its performance once the digital data comes in. The final new release, uh, the final new release in the physical charts is Scars Above from Prime Matter, which comes in at number twenty-two. Tim, what sticks out to you here the most? I mean, Metroid selling well. <laughs> like, let's go. What timeline am I living in? This is so fantastic. I 
I'm so excited for them, um, and there's so much here that I think is important to reiterate, where this does not include digital sales. This is just physical for a game that is really difficult to get physically. Like, you can't just go on Amazon right now and buy it. You can't go to GameSpot you can't, or Stop. You can't go to Best Buy. It's just not available, man. So Why isn't it available? Because Nintendo didn't expect motherfuckers <laughs> to buy it, but motherfuckers showed up. And what's extra crazy about this is the context that it was released, it was shadow dropped digitally. And it's still coming in at a thousand copies less than Hogwarts fucking Legacy, right? Yeah. Coming in just the physical um, edition of it. Like, that is wild for Metroid Prime. Of course, this is still just the UK numbers we're talking about. And they, they always tell a story. They're usually more of like a tease towards the, the worldwide numbers we end up getting later. Um, but they're always, there's evidence, right? That where there's smokes, there's fires, everybody. Um, but I, I can't believe this because Metroid has always been a franchise that is so core to the identity of Nintendo, but has never gotten out that mainstream appeal. It's never been one of the, the big blockbuster um, titles that they, they expect to make money from that everybody is going to experience. And like, maybe at one time it was during Nintendo, Super Nintendo era, but games were different then. We, we often talk about how even Chrono Trigger, which is one of the most iconic games of all time, only sold like, like the number is is staggeringly yeah. low compared to what we'd talk about today for a success. So for Metroid Prime, I mean, we just gushed for 20 minutes about you being a newbie to it, and it's still holding up 20 years later, mm. being a game that is like blowing your mind. Um, it's it's great. They they really did something special, and I I hope that this is teeing up a a success for Metroid Prime Four and a positioning for Metroid Prime Four as a core Nintendo franchise where we got dread and it was utterly fantastic. It sold super well too. Last year we saw Kirby in the forgotten land, give new energy and life to Kirby and put Kirby on a, the biggest stage it's ever been on. Nintendo's really kind of using the switch um, generation to its advantage in every way possible. Like I, I think we're going to look back at this era of Nintendo and it's going to be unrivaled, man. Like there's, mm -hmm. there is so much that they did for established franchises like Mario and Zelda, taking them to a level that we did not expect ever possible, but then also doing that for the majority of their other franchises. A couple questions for you. When do we get Metroid 2 and 3 remastered? And do you think those hit the same sales as Metroid Prime currently? Uh, so you're talking about Metroid Prime 2 and 3. Sorry, yeah, Metroid yeah. Prime 2 um, I, So Jeff Grubb was on the show last week, uh, and it was a great episode, and he always has great insight on things. Um, he was saying that he does think that we will, he doesn't know anything. This was all just speculation, but mm -hmm. he expects that we will get uh two and three at some point. I'm a little un less sure of that. Um, uh, Metroid prime two and three are, are great games, but where I look at Metroid prime one as a 10, I look at prime two and three as like eight that I could understand 7.5s, you know? Mm. Um, but even that, like maybe that's even being too harsh, but the magic that one had, I think it, it really makes it stand out. Um, I don't think it, that they will sell as well as as this. I also expect that if we got them, they're not going to be as in-depth of a remaster. I think they'll be a little bit more straightforward, uh, up-res ports of the Metroid Prime Trilogy port that they already did uh, mm -hmm. on the Wii. And my other question for you is, what do you want from Metroid Prime 4? You know, what takes Metroid Prime to the next level for you in a way that makes it a success in the way that we saw from Kirby and the Forgotten Land and a lot of the modern Switch iterations, right? Like Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and things like that. I mean, I think just it living up and, and, and 
being good. Like, I, I don't think Metroid Prime 4 needs to Breath of the Wild Metroid Prime. Mm-hmm. Like, Metroid Prime did that for Metroid. It took the 2D worlds, and it, Metroid Prime is to Metroid what Mario 64 is to the 2D Mario series, right? Or Ocarina of Time is to um, the, the, the Zelda franchise. But when you look at Metroid, Metroid went from Super Metroid on the Super Nintendo to Metroid Prime on the GameCube. It, it skipped the entire first iteration into 3D on the N64. It didn't have that version, right? Whereas you look at uh, both Mario and Zelda, and, you know, time has changed this, but Wind Waker and um, Mario Sunshine were not met with, like, the same reception that Ocarina of Time and Mario 64 were. Whereas Metroid Prime came out, and it, it felt, like, to use words like next-gen, it's like, it felt so next gen when we were playing it then and the fact that we can still play it now and it holds up it's like so impressive so i think that we just don't get many games like that so if they just kind of are able to recapture that magic again that's really all they need to do i think we're in more similar to a god of war situation um than a a breath of the wild situation where Mm -hmm. it's going to be like it or god of war to ragnarok is what i'm trying to say where it's like yeah just do it again and, and more and like a little prettier and things like that um my biggest hesitation is I wish it would be on the next Switch. Like, I mm. think that especially getting this and it being as fucking beautiful as it is, being a remaster of a 2002 game and it looks this good, I don't have too much faith that Metroid Prime 4 can look too much better. Than yeah, what I was, we're as I've been playing Metroid Prime, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, how much better is Metroid Prime 4 going to look than this? I expect it to look better, but what can I expect from them to get out of the Switch in terms of fidelity? I'm not worried, but I'm just so curious. Like, is it an art style thing? Do they shift art? Um, art direction to like account for the power of the switch more and really go uh, go hard with it we'll have to see we will have to see uh do you know what you have to see ladies and gentlemen well we got over to, over there on patreon.com slash kind of funny games of course over there you can get exclusive shows you can get cool content but also you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors shout out to shady rays for sponsoring this episode look how cool i look you too can look this cool our friends at shady rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades customizable snow goggles and so much more shady rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked they'll also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in america with every order and have donated over 20 million meals to date that's fantastic there's no risk when you shop with shady rays their team always has your back exclusively for y'all listeners and watchers right now shady rays has given out their best deal of the new year you can go to shadyrays.com and use code kind of funny for 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses try for yourself these are five star rated by over 200,000 people again that shadyrays.com use the code kinda funny shout out to honey for sponsoring this episode honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iphone or computer and thanks to honey manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past and we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart when you check out the honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons you wait a few seconds you see the fun little dancing guy honey searches for coupons and it finds you the best ones and then you just watch the prices drop we here at kind of funny have been using honey for years and it's helped us save thousands on tech costumes food you name it honestly i just love how easy it is to just set and forget and 
save. That's the best part. Honey doesn't just work on desktops. It works on your phone too. You just activate it on Safari on your phone. You save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. You can get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kind of funny. That's joinhoney.com slash kind of funny. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tim, you know what's funny mm. is that whenever I, whenever we do the transition to ads, there's usually somebody in chat that'll be like six out of ten, <laughs> nine out of ten, mm-hmm. and they'll rate our mm-hmm. transitions to the ads. So I did it this time, and legit, as we transition to ads, I was like, all right, I can't, I can't wait to see what I got on that that one. I hope it's at least a seven, <laughs> a seven out of ten. And then like thirty seconds pass, and then I think it was Sphinx's chat that was like, I don't, I don't rate blessings ads, and yeah. I was like, wait, <laughs> the one time we asked, for the it. one time where I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to see what I got. He's like, no, I don't, I don't rate blessings. And I'm like, oh shit, I, I always I see it for it. Tim's. I love it. Rate so mine, goddamn it. Uh, bless. Real quick, I, I wanted to, to bring this up that uh, you know, talking about Metroid Prime, you playing uh, on on Switch. I've been mm-hmm. playing a lot on the Switch, and I know I'm a broken record with this, but I just fucking love the Switch OLED so much. Mm-hmm. There is something about the the vibrancy of the screen that I, I just have never seen. I, I have an OLED phone. I have OLED TV, OLED monitor. I have OLED for fucking days, all right? And there's just something about the quality of the Switch's OLED that just blows me away. And I find myself just pulling up games just to see, what does that look like? What does that mm-hmm. look like? And it's just, it's always a great answer. Um, but the Nintendo Switch Online just dropped, so uh, the GBA and Game Boy updates, so I've been like playing through some of those things. Did I casually play through all of Super Mario Brothers 3 in the form of Super Mario Advance yeah. 4? Yeah, I did, Hell you know, yeah. and it looked so damn good. But you know what else I pulled up that I was like, I just want to see what this looks like. on Kuru, the Kuru, Kururin. Oh, I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did, which I've never played that before. Yeah. Pretty fucking cool. It's a really fun game. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Um, Hades. Oh. Which might be my new y'all motherfuckers need to see. When I'm sounding crazy talking about the OLED Switch, you need to see Hades on the Switch, man. It The oh. colors and the black outlines are just, holy shit, man. It looks so good. And I was like, I guess I'm doing a run, you know? And then it reminded me, we got a Hades 2. We don't talk about that enough, man. Hades 2 is coming, bro. Let's go. Remember on the, the Gamescast predictions for Game Awards where we talked about it and we're like, oh, yeah, I could see another thing from, from that studio. What if it's a Hades too? And then the next you imagine, yeah. And then the next day it happens. Like, goddamn, what a world we live in. What a timeline. Don't destroy it, King. Story number three: (laughs) Redfall crossplay has been confirmed. This is directly from at Play Redfall on Twitter. Crossplay confirmed between Xbox, PC Game Pass, Steam, Epic Game Store. This is from their Q and A that they did a whole thing on, right? And the person asked in regard to crossplay: Can we play with Steam friends uh, while on Game Pass, while on Game Pass version, or would we need to all be on the same platform then yeah they answered you can definitely play with your friends on steam uh you join your friends wherever they are 
Love to see it. You do. Love to hear it. Continue the crossplay future. It what sucks is that I saw this pop up and I was like, oh sweet, I can play on my PlayStation against my or with my friends on Xbox. And I was like, oh fuck. I forgot this this ain't coming to PlayStation. God damn it. I miss you, Bethesda. (laughs) Cool, bro. But yeah, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. Go get them. Yeah, for sure. Love to see this stuff. And especially in this tumultuous world we're in right now, where at any moment, who knows who's gonna acquire who and what's gonna limit what. Like I love that they're Xbox is, is, you know, building this platform of our games work with PC and with Xbox. You can play together. They've been doing that for years. The whole cross-play being broken open, like, again, here we are in 2023, and it's just like, yeah, we expect it. Can you imagine going back in 2016 and telling us oh, on yeah. this show, oh, yeah, we're going to be mad when games don't have cross-play? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, this was one of the big talking points years ago when the Epic Game Store first became a thing, and one of the key complaints people had was, well, I want to play with my friends on Steam. I don't want to be separated from my friends on Steam. And, like, if we could just tell ourselves, hey, a few years down the line, that's not going to be an issue. Like, we're just going to have cross-play for games, right? And that's going to start to become a thing. Normal, normalize this, right? Yep. Let me play. If I'm on Xbox, the PC Xbox um, app, let me play with my friends on Steam. Let me yeah. play with my friends on Epic. Let me play with my friends on any other um, PC store. Right? But even PC not PC. App. Like, looking at Call of Duty, like, I never thought there'd be a world where PlayStation gamers and Xbox gamers are playing Call of Duty together. Yeah. But now they are. Hell yeah. Go get them. Go get them, everybody. Story number four. Counter-Strike 2 could be announced this month, it is claimed. This is Jordan Midler at VGC. Counter-Strike 2 will be announced and reportedly enter beta as soon as this month, a prominent esports journalist has claimed. That's according to Richard Lewis, uh, a journalist with a long record of breaking Counter-Strike-related stories, including a match-fixing scandal in 2015. According to Lewis, speaking to sources under the condition of anonymity, quote, a new version of Counter-Strike is on its way and it's been worked on for some time, end quote. He said, quote, the new version is almost certainly set to be released under the working title Counter-Strike 2 and the tentative release date for the beta is this month uh, of March with April 1st at, uh, at the outside, end quote. According to Lewis's sources, the game is about ready to go and has already entered limited testing, which reportedly took place at Valve's headquarters in Seattle. Backing up Lewis's claims are new NVIDIA drivers that introduced support for two new unknown apps, csgos2.exe and cs2.exe. What could those be? Uh, These are reportedly related to Counter-Strike 2 and have been implemented by NVIDIA ahead of the launch of the beta. Lewis's report goes on to say that work on Counter-Strike 2 has seemingly contributed to a relative lack of work on CSGO issues. Quote, the big priority is getting this out and then polishing it. Fixing, fixing any bugs and bringing it up to the level people expect from Counter-Strike, according to Lewis's sources. The game will, unsurprisingly, uh, reportedly run on the Source 2 engine. Sources also claimed to Lewis that the game would feature servers that would run at 128 tick, bringing it in line with rival title Valorant, end quote. Uh, Valve has yet to comment on the project. Counter-Strike Go remains the most popular game on Valve's Steam platform, regularly attracting more than 1.3 million players per day. This is wild. I can't wait to see what this actually turns into. I mean, it's crazy to think back to Counter-Strike of what it was. I mean, even now, 1.3 million players a day. Like, it is still a major success. Mm -hmm. Counter-Strike was everything in the late 90s. Everything throughout the early 2000s. Like, I remember it being uh, Counter-Strike 1.6 being, like, the the, the version everybody loved the most. And then they came out with the other ones. There was Counter-Strike Blue something or other. There was a bit more of, like, a weird campaign thing. Um, But my friends, Alfredo, like, I lost Alfredo to counter-strike like i've told the story so many times but like junior year of high school like there were 
like large swaths of time where he just wouldn't come to school because he was playing freaking clan matches in in Counter Strike, and like it, we had to kind of sit him down and be like, bro. You got to figure your fucking life out. Um, and uh, my other best friend, Curran, like, same thing. Like, they would just play constantly. That's all they did. I remember when uh, it came to Xbox for the first time, the first time uh, Counter-Strike was on console, it, there was no split screen. And, you know, here we are talking about cross-play and how we just expect it. A fucking first-person shooter coming out without split screen was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, who do you think you are? And it's just funny nowadays to be here. Um, and then Counter-Strike Go came out, and, you know, that was like, super popular with everybody going out with their ar phones and catching all the terrorists in real life but um, god damn it i was like wait a second is this is a feature <laughs> like, uh, like, no. I, I haven't played much csgo but i didn't know there was a phone element holy shit <laughs> no but uh kind of strike, global, global offensive uh has been a major success and you know there's been issues with it in terms of monetization and all that stuff that's modern games but mm -hmm. um counter-strike source when it first came out when the source engine was a thing in the early 2000s like it was such a pushing the tech forward, all eyes on it, Half-Life 2 obviously being mm -hmm. such a big deal. And when they released Counter-Strike Source, it was beautiful, but I know a lot of people had issues. They wanted the more pure 1.6 type stuff. But now the global offensive has kind of like changed the playing field a bit. I'm really interested, like Source 2, Counter-Strike 2, are they just going to straight up call it that? Like, I don't know, but... I mean, I think that'd be that'd be the thing to call it, right? It'd be wild. Like, that would sell, or sell, because I imagine, it, but it'd be free to play. Is global offensive free to play? This might be a kind of funny year. It's wrong definitely question. a year wrong thing. I, I don't know, but yeah. I, I imagine it is. You, I think you would want to make it free to play, right? And then like go off of microtransactions and all that stuff. And yeah, like putting out another Counter Strike that's working off of Source Two that could also could go. It is free to play. Head to head, free to play. Thank you. Uh, that could go head to head with Valorant, right? Like Valorant right now is dominating in terms of conversation and the amount of players that it has. If you can put up some an, another follow up to Counter Strike that is like, all right, now here's ours. Like here's our version of it, right? Like I think that could that that. Is going to be hot, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Story number five, our final news story for the day. Fortnite is reportedly getting a first-person mode next season. This is Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle. Fortnite's first-person mode is likely coming to the game next season. That's according to regular Fortnite leaker HypeX on Twitter, who claims that the mode will be introduced during the next season of content, although how it will be introduced to the game is not yet known. While several guns in Fortnite already feature a first-person perspective when aiming down sights, this mode seemingly locked players to the mode during all phases of gameplay. Season 2 of Fortnite's latest chapter is already reportedly going to feature a battle pass, which is heavily themed on the popular Attack on Titan anime. The current Fortnite season is due to come uh, to an end on March 8th, although, although when the next season will officially begin is unknown. While March 9th is likely, uh, it's possible that it could be later than that, as the end of season events that Fortnite has become known for have often taken the game offline for multiple days. Cool. Yeah. It's always fun to, like, to see interesting new features added, right? Like, um, I feel like this has become more of a common thing now to get third-person modes in a first-person shooter or first-person modes in a third-person shooter. I'll, or VR modes or, or whatever. Or VR modes, yeah. all that stuff. And Call of Duty did that. When when I logged into the latest Call of Duty game, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> when the fuck did we start doing this? Third-person Call of Duty? Cats and dogs sleeping together? Like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on here? Um, but yeah, like people love getting features like this, and so good on them for adding it. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I never thought we'd get a no-build mode in Fortnite, and then we did, and now it's super popular. Yeah. So this could hit... I, uh, what's the the vibe on this? Are people excited about this? Like, would they be? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think know, we would have to ask our Fortnite uh, experts, like Kevin and Joey, to see really like what the the word on the street is. You know? Yeah, I would think that it's like a all right, cool. I'll try it out. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know anybody that was clamoring for first person with Fortnite. That said, 
when you aim down sights in Fortnite and it does shift to first person, when they added that, I was like, oh, this is fucking cool as hell. Like, I'm yeah. glad that they added it. So the idea of a first person mode, to me, could be cool, but it's not something that personally I've been asking I for. Like I've heard third, people asking for. Yeah, I like the third person because I feel like it differentiates itself uh, on top of the art style and just like what the game play feel is like uh, from other battle royales and stuff like that so it'll be interesting to see how many people come back specifically because it becomes first person like i wonder if this grabs nick like i wonder if this is like one of the things that, oh like, shit yeah because it's a th more of a third person game like i wonder if that's one of the elements that like holds him back from getting really yeah. into fortnite it'll be interesting to see i mean that is i think that is what helped with the no building mode the fact that there's there's a large portion of that player base that didn't bother to learn building or didn't even want to get involved with the building because mm -hmm. it felt a, a little bit too much and no building became the way the main way that my friends would play fortnite and so whenever i join i'm joining up on them I'm like oh let's go okay no building let's do it zero build um i could see that yeah i think the nick example is great of oh yeah here's somebody that plays warzone here's somebody that plays first person shooters that doesn't usually play fortnite but their friends are now going to play fortnite and go hey there's a first person mode in this that's going to be more akin to what you're used to. Okay, cool. Let's try it out. Like, I think that could speak to uh, that audience. Yeah. Really cool. We'll have to see. Fortnite yeah. out there doing stuff. And I think the Attack on Titan stuff's uh, interesting to bring up, too. It's like, I just love that they can have battle passes that are heavily themed on yeah. an anime. And it's just like they are able to do that while also having uh, Adonis Creed. <laughs> like, <laughs> good for them. Give me, I want to see Adonis Creed. I'm sure somebody will make this video. Give me Adonis Creed taking down a Titan. Because, you know, for a fact, there's going to be an event one day where a Titan invades the Fortnite map and everybody's going to work together to take out the Titan and they'll do the grappling hook shit that they got in that anime. And then and, you record that video and then send it to Michael B. Jordan because that's got to be the coolest shit for him at, at, oh, ever yeah. because he's such a weeb. Yeah, oh my god. But yeah, let me let me see Adonis Creed taking out a, a, a Titan with his fists. <laughs> Love it. Tim, I can't wait for that video. I can't. But the, the Titan invading the Fortnite map event is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. We've not talked about Creed 3. I know y'all did the in review last Friday, but it's live now. It's live right now. You can go check it out. Kind of Funny. Fire ass movie. I fucking love that movie. Real good movie. Oh, God. Jonathan Majors, man. Jonathan, Jonathan Majors. Majors. The Majors watch. That man can act his ass off. He scared me more in Creed 3 than he did in the Ant-Man movie. I was like, this motherfucker is a villain. Holy shit. <laughs> Out today, we got Dead Cells Return to Castlevania for PS4, oh, Xbox One, Switch, and Dude, PC. Speaking of Metroidvanias. This is perfect. I want to see Dead Cells in freaking on my Switch OLED. Oh, hell I man. am doing that today for sure. Were you, did you play Dead Cells back in the day when that oh, came yeah. out? God, oh, yeah. what a fucking when game When we went to uh, Cisco's wedding in Maryland. We had, or no, um, Massachusetts. Where the fuck? What a start there? to a story. Minnesota. It was in Minnesota. Thank you, Mike. Uh, was Mike there? <laughs> How did Mike know that? Um, I needed a game to play. I was like, you know what? Like, IGN just gave Dead Cells a 10. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to try it. Last mm. time, IGN gave something a 10 I'd never heard of. It was Celeste, which I ended up fucking loving. So I was like, I'm going to give this thing a shot. I played it the entire flight and the entire flight back, like oh, nonstop. Yeah. And it was so good. Did you play Dead Cells? Oh, I love Dead Cells. Oh, yeah. it's so good. I saw like going up there for like roguelites. The roguelite conversation is top three for me. Oh, yeah. top two. But I haven't returned to it in a long time. But the idea, I haven't returned to it either. Yeah. I'm a little scared, but like, I hope, is this like its own just thing? You gotta, so, yeah, we got codes for this. I haven't had time to actually like uh, get into it. And I, I know Roger was trying to get into it. So it's like you install it and then you have to open up the main game. 
and then there's like a, a like an in the game you f- like do something to kind of trigger the the start of the dead cells stuff. But I don't, the Castlevania like, stuff. Or, yeah, sorry, uh, the yeah, Castlevania yeah. stuff. And I imagine because of the roguelike nature, like you don't have to be super far into the base game itself to really, uh, you know, dive into the Castlevania stuff. So, is it? Uh, well, yeah, what I'm scared of is like, am I gonna start it and I'm gonna be trash because I've not played it in six years? But we'll see. Hell yeah! Let's dude. fucking go. Uh, and then Sherlock Holmes: The Awakened Remake launches. Oh yeah, launches. Well, this is a new date actually. So new dates for you. Sherlock Holmes: The Awakened Remake launches April 11th for Xbox One and Xbox Series X, PS4, PS5, Switch, and PC. And then Wolson: Lords of Mayhem Endgame Chapter Four launches March 15th alongside uh, the console versions uh, for Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PS4, and PS5. Deal of the day for you. You know what? Bear texted me a deal of the day. Let me see what that was. Oh shit! Oh shit! No way! All right, this is a Mario Day sale uh, for March tenth. Hold up, I'm opening up in a new tab. The internet is slow. Maybe Twitter is slow. I, th- I saw Twitter was going through some things. Thirty nine dollars and ninety nine cents for select Mario Switch games. Uh, oh yeah, you can get Mario Odyssey for forty dollars. You can get Mario U Deluxe, uh, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, uh, Mario Three D World plus Bowser's Fury, Super Mario Maker Two, Super Mario Superstars, Luigi's Mansion Three. Ooh, Donkey Kong Tropical uh, Freeze, Yoshi's Crafted World, and then Bowser himself. You can buy. You can just buy Bowser. Wow. <laughs> you can buy the big dragon Bowser just to live with you. All for forty dollars. Go get him. Go get him. How much time we got? We got a little bit of time left in the show, so now it's time reader mail of course you can write into kindoffunny.com slash kfgd to get your questions read on the show tim mm-hmm. i'm gonna give you a choice of questions we've got two questions we can choose from here let's so go you- number two number two all right let's go number two this is still chewy who writes in to kindoffunny.com slash kfgd just like you can and says what's the best rap song made for a video game the dk rap comes to mind for me but then there are bangers like wiz khalifa's can't be stopped from mortal kombat 10's reveal and then snoop dogg's knock him down from tekken tag tournament 2 is also a song that it exists. is a song that exists that is uh, true. keep killing it kf crew it's a question taylor made for you and me Tim. i fucking love it i mean there, there is the number one answer that i literally do not think can be beat i've talked about this moment so much in the last year yep. but it is of course wu-tang clan uh, doing the final boss fight in TMNT, Shredder's Revenge. Song made specifically for the game. Uh, the beat is done in the style of classic 90s Turtles uh, vibes. It's just utterly, utterly fantastic. Anytime Mega Man's in a game is also great. Of Mega course. Man does a lot of custom stuff. Even the, back with the, the Mega Man uh, 9 and 10, he did some things. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was Mega Man's song the first one that pops up of like actual lyrics uh, coming into the game. I'm trying to remember, like that the first what game of TMNT. No, Mega Ren's not in the game itself. He's in the credits. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the the first song that the first rap song was uh, just a, a dev. That oh, okay. There. Well, the, that song kicked ass too. I, I fucking love it so because that was like the skateboarding level too, and it's yeah. so goddamn good. Yeah, this is a tough question. I, I don't because uh, honestly, if you ask me the best one, I'd maybe see DK rap just off of iconic icon status of DK rap. Uh, yeah, like. I, I do like the knock him down from Tekken Tag Tournament too. I wouldn't say that's the best one, but like shout out to that one. That was during his Snoop Lion era, if I remember correctly. Like I think those things coincide a little bit. And so I remember like booting up Tekken Tag Tournament and being like, oh, Snoop Lion. Snoop Lion. <laughs> Snoop Lion. Um, shout out to, again, not the best, but I think it deserves a shout out. Blood and Truth soundtrack is like this cinematic score combined with British or UK grime rap that is 
I think slaps. I think it's fucking fire. Um, I actually have the vinyl at home <laughs> for Blood and Truth, which is like a, a PlayStation London Studio VR game, right? A VR action game. But the soundtrack goes so hard. I recommend uh, looking that up on, on on Spotify and giving a couple so- a couple of little songs to listen. One one that I want to shout out is uh, the last battle version of Burn My Dread on Persona Three. Ooh, um, yeah. There are a couple of tracks that like uh, kind of come back uh, throughout the entire. Um, um, soundtrack essentially, and then the way that they're melded together for the the final battle is some of the most like it, it's up there with the TMNT final battle of just super get hype. Holy shit! It's it's really great. Shout out to Street Fighter um, Third Strike. Yeah, just in general. Just in general. <laughs> like, yeah. Just in general. But the thing is that I don't think there's a standout that I would name at least. Mm-hmm. Like it's I, just a yeah. vibe more than anything. But For sure. um, I love that that freaking like jazz hip hop shit they got going on. God, it's so, so good. Tight. Um, a shout out also to uh, Ghost Pumpkins. Yeah, soup I, I was about to bring it Sonic up. Adventure I, about, yeah, I don't know that it's best, but no. definitely it is iconic when it comes to video game rap music. Yeah, Just any knuckles shit in general. Oh, man, it's hard. I feel like there's, I feel like there are like fire ones that I can't pull. Or maybe maybe they're all just like all right. Maybe there's not like well, a, a lot of things are like standout. a lot of the more iconic rap things. I think are licensed. They're not so much like made specifically for the game. Yeah. Um, but. We got some good ones. We named some good ones. Yeah, we named some good ones. Again, shout out to, and also I know they still Chewy mentioned it in the question, but yeah, shout out to Wiz Khalifa's "Can't Be Stopped" for the Mortal Kombat X reveal. Like I, that was a trailer that I went back and I watched a million times. Oh, dude, like, that trailer's phenomenal. It's fucking hot. It hell. set the stage. It was like, hey, mo- this is Mortal Kombat, man. Like nine was was the reboot. It's ten, baby. Yeah. X. People in chat were saying this. I don't know if it counts, but I'll I'll shout it out. The Pokey Rap. Made for an anime. It's not really made for a game, but I see how you get yeah, there. Yeah, that doesn't count. But I wouldn't count it, but that's, sure. It's like saying Avatar The Last Airbender is an anime. Like, no, it's it's not quite that. Yeah. Uh, now it's time to squat up. Again, you can write into kindoffunny.com slash KFGD uh, to squat up. Waters writes in with a squat up on PlayStation and says, Hey, y'all, I'm looking for some help in Destiny 2 Lightfall. My usual crew dropped off of Destiny some time ago, and I'd like to meet some new guardians to squat up. Uh, squad up with and hopefully knock the the knock out the new raid when it drops uh, if you want to play with waters you can add waters with the username mr h2o that is spelt mrh number two o h again that is mrh two o h uh, you can probably find that in the video description uh, if you need help <laughs> spelling that one motherfucker's name is his last name is waters and he goes by mr, mr. H2O. h2o that's oh. fire that's fire good shit now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Albatross writes in and says, CSGO has more concurrent players than Valorant and is actually the most played game on Steam. There you go. Hell yeah. There you go. I don't think I disputed that, but it is good to chat out. I was comparing them in terms of being competitors, so a good one to throw out. Uh... It's not a you're wrong. And eh, it's not it's not a you're wrong. That's it. Oh, yeah. we you're wrong. it. I'm I'm gonna say right now, we're not even gonna read the host for this week because that it might change. 
And you okay. know what? It already is going to change. I told you guys last week I was going to do the show with Gary Witta. Guess what? I'm not doing the show with Gary Witta. Fucking dodge. He's, he's scary, not coming. Tim. He's a busy, he busy bit, man. He bit in the eyes by a snake and then choked on his on his toast and beans for breakfast. Damn. <laughs> yeah, Damn. that's what happens. No, that, that's what happens. I, I promise y'all we are trying to get Gary. We will get Gary as soon as we can get Gary. Gary's just out there making that money. You know what I mean? He's doing his he's damn Gary Witta thing. So right, one day he will bless this. And another book again. of Eli. God bless him. Mm-hmm. If you're watching this live right now, after this is going to be the one and only kind of funny morning show with Mike, Nick, and Andy. They've been in the back getting set up for that, and so I know it's going to be a banger. I see a basketball over there. I think I just spoiled the thing, but there you go. They've got a basketball over there. But figure out what that's about. Hold on. What Before up? we end the show, I forgot something important. Microsoft sent us a plushy Series S, all right? It looks just like a Series S. And this is going to be a great way to end the show here. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, it's adorable. You can see a little character there. Touch it, bless. Oh, it's soft. It's very soft. So it says, squeeze me and I'll blow your mind. Fast next gen alive. Kinda. Get me out of this box. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to squeeze it. And y'all are going to see what happens. I don't know where the squeezer is. Is that batteries? Do we, do we know... Do we know that it has batteries? Oh, well, 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 well. But isn't the rascals that kind of funny? Hey, would it be weird if I did an audition right now to be the newest member of the group? Like, so far, you don't have any talking plushy Xbox Series S's, and I totally fit that bill. <laughs> Look, I can be the member of the gang who just says controversial stuff in the middle of discussion. Here, you all start talking, and I'll just throw some stuff out. Go. Are you kidding me? I'd rather watch a video of a hamster taking a bath in a New Orleans gumbo! Ooh, no, I disagree. And so does your grandmother. Yeah, we talk. A lot. Almonds, pistachios, hazelnuts, macadamia nuts. In that order! Alright guys, so do I get the job? Holy shit. I needed y'all to listen to every second of that. Holy shit. <laughs> Somebody recorded that for what that long. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I love it. So now, wow. If you want it, it's yours. I don't, I don't, a lot just happened right now that I don't understand. <laughs> I'm, I'm so confused. You gotta love it, dude. What the fuck? Cute little guy. Good to have some green boots. Is there an IGN version that like tries to like, you know, tell Pierre Schneider to hire them too? Like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like I got pranked. Like, I don't... What the fuck? It just happened. Gotta love it, everyone. All right, there you go. Thank you. Xbox sent this to us? Yes, they did. All right, thank yeah. you, Xbox, for the plushie and the audition. <laughs> the audition. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Kind of Funny Games Day, of course. Each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily. <laughs>